Welcome back to another episode of It's About Damn Time podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dam, and this week I have a conversation with radio personality Little D. Now, Little D is on the airways from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. on 97.9 The Beat in the Dallas Fort Worth area. She's an entrepreneur, an advocate for young women, an author. And I sit and talk with her about how she got into the business, her journey from being homeless to being in the, one of the biggest radio markets in the country. We also um, have a, a brief conversation about self-esteem growing up. We both kind of struggled with that. So sit back, relax, listen to Little D and Me. It's about damn time. I started thinking that I probably want to want to start out with like a a little known truth first, not for you as an icebreaker, but more so for me, because I need it because, you know, I'm new to this. So so I start to I started to try try to bring up um, like the first time we met, but I couldn't really remember. I knew it was like outside of KMJJ, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember why either. I knew you. I knew you probably remember. I, I that was a lot of months ago. I don't remember yeah. a thing. Yeah. So instead, I thought that I would bring up something that I know you don't know. All right. And, and so, when I first moved here to Atlanta, like in my head, I wanted to be like the next P Diddy. So mm-hmm. I was creating a whole record label and everything, and I had signed my cousin. And uh, that's your cousin. <laughs> I saw my cousin, and you know he was rapping, but he was kind of lazy, so he wasn't really writing. Sorry, Ken, if you listening, but you wasn't really writing. Who um, Ken? Ken um, destroyed the whole label. Ken, you <laughs> ruined the dream. You ruined the dream. Yeah, because I was because he, I had my whole, um, you know, P Diddy All in the Family album, and see, so you was gonna mm-hmm. be on the album. I had already had you penciled in. Oh, okay. oh yeah, Thanks I never told you, know. you. I never uh-uh. told you. But I was like, I already had like a again, yeah, this is how the track list gonna go. And I was like, yeah, because you know, you came into the game rapping. And so mm-hmm. I knew I knew how good your flow was because I remember on MySpace I used to follow you. you yeah, come on, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, MySpace. <laughs> so yeah. that's a little known truth, just to let you know that I had we, you we on my album. You're gonna be on my debut album, but uh your cousin can't mess it all up. Yeah, Kendrick. Cool. Yeah, he uh he blew it. Um Thanks a lot, it. Kendrick. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe down the road. No, nah, I can't I can't rap. I couldn't rap. I just wanted to be on the album and just be doing uh-huh, yeah. Like, like, like Kirk this. Franklin. Mm-hmm. See you I get you. Kirk Franklin, DJ Khaled, P- Diddy. These are whole careers that have been made. Yeah. I just I just yeah. want to do that. You, you ain't gotta learn how to dance or nothing. You just you just no. do it. Yeah, that's okay. That's <laughs> all right. Well, you did come. You did come into all of this starting rapping. So you were I like, did. you were doing uh, uh Freeport, uh, Freestyle Friday. Uh huh. Right. So you won like nine weeks in a row. I did. They, they had to retire you, right? They did. <laughs> I was like, "What? Well, I'm important. I'm the first Freestyle Friday retiree." Bars. Yeah. Oh, there should be a Shreveport Hall of Fame with, with you in it. 
you would think, but it's not. Yeah. Once a radio personality leaves, all that stuff leaves with them. Well, so, it's over with. so how long? How long were you um, a radio personality in Shreveport? Three years. I started February two thousand five. I left February twenty eighth two thousand eight. Okay, and and that's when you went to Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Good old Toledo, Cleveland, Columbus. Oh yeah, I for, I forgot Toledo. I think I, I think I forgot Toledo. I, I left Shreveport to you. go to Toledo. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when did the this become a job? Went from being a job to being a dream. Like when? Talk to me about when that happened. Um, definitely not in Shreveport. I still thought I was gonna be ludicrous and like make my albums in the back of the studio and go platinum. And you know, radio cool, but I'm just trying to be a rapper, so I'm gonna do this. But I'm only doing this because I'm trying to go platinum. But. <laughs> So somewhere around Toledo, I noticed that I was rapping less and I was caring more about radio. Um, and I remember a woman came up to me and she told me that her daughter looks up to me because her daughter was dark skinned, had thick hair and saw me and was like, you know, well, she's pretty so I can be pretty. And I was like, hold on, people really like listen to me and I have like influence and people care. Wait a minute. Hold on here. But so by the time I got to Cleveland, which was after Toledo, uh, 2011, around 2014-ish was when I realized, hey, you have a voice and people listen to you and you need to like watch what you say and like use your little popularity to do something important. So I would say nine years in is when it became a career. (laughs) Yeah, that was when I was really like, because at that point is when I realized, yeah, I go to work every day. I talk shit. I'm on air. That's cool. But in 2014 is when I said, you need to do something with this. People are listening to you. What you going to say? So so how did your tone change from just regularly talking shit to, to when you're on the radio, you, you're being a voice and still talking shit because you still got to talk. Oh, shit. I, oh, I'm going to talk a lot of shit. You still um, talk shit. To, the, to, to this day. To this day. What? <laughs> to this day. I used to just talk shit and that was it. I was real mean. Like I didn't even realize it, but I was just talking shit. Just so now I talk shit, but I teach you. Uh example, City Girls new song Kitty Talk came on, right? So I'm on air and I hear all I hear is ain't nothing but this cash makes kitty talk. Done nothing but this bag. And I got on air and I was like, that's like the literal version of prostitution. And I'm not here to judge any prostitutes. I'm just here to make sure you know your name. And like obviously I'm talking shit, but at the end of the day, if don't nothing but this cash make your kitty talk, you are a hoe. Yeah. So yeah. I try to do both in one, you know, and I, I, I talk more about um, like it's October, go get your mammogram, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's just, you know, I'm older, I'm more mature. So I'm going to still talk my shit, but I'm gonna make sure I teach you somewhere in there too. I think, and I think you provide a good balance with that. Like, I, thank just, you. You know, um, I'm not fortunate enough to be in the DFW area, but you know, I, I, I'm always on your Instagram timeline. So I always see the clips. And so mm-hmm. you, you make me laugh all the time, you know. Thank so, you. Which um, reminds me, so you were, for a while, you were doing like the the word I heard videos like on your, on your YouTube like segments and everything. When we bringing that back out? Because uh, no. I know that was a lot of work. And, and you know what? I did it on Windows Movie Maker. That's how old it was. I didn't even have <laughs> MacBook yet. Windows Movie Maker on my desktop computer. Oh, 
Man, but um, I doubt it only because I don't care about entertainment news like that anymore. I just yeah. do it now because it's my job. But I do have something in the works that is so me. You're going to love it. Um, each episode will only be 60 seconds. And it's 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 like me. It's short and it's to the point. But it's going to be great. You are definitely to the point because because while you talk about how you were how you were mean and you didn't know you was mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was like, yo, I love D, but I don't want to say shit. To, so I want her to go off. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'm was, the nicest person alive. And then I realized that I wasn't. And I was like, oh. But you you are, but you're not. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. It's so weird. Because I'm like any, if I, you can have a shirt off of my back, but I will beat your ass. Like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Because you, because in the same time that I didn't want to say anything crazy, like I just, I even be careful about how I sit there and say that you look nice today. Cause I don't, I don't want no shit. Oh. But, but at the same time, like it's been many times you've been in my DMs, you know, when I'm talking to you and, and, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I, I can't do it. I'm so scared. And you be like, boy, shut up. Let's, let's do this. Like, you can do it. Because I'm literally at my cousin's house right now making signs for a football game. I am very regular. But even before with, with my t-shirt thing, I got I remember, I remember reaching out to you about that and you were mm-hmm. like, just get out there and just do it. Just you know, and I, mm-hmm. I got in my head so much. Yeah, it's it's we all do it. And it's crazy because if you can get in your head and say, Oh, it's a bad idea, I don't know. You can also get in your head and say, Hey, I'm about to sell 500 shirts this weekend. Whichever mm-hmm. one you have to choose which one you want to happen. So did you get, were, were you in your head much when you started writing your book? So I, I made that transition. I, said, I like that. I like that. That was very nice. It was yeah. seamless. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? It was difficult and I was a little afraid because I started writing a book in Columbus and I wasn't happy there. So it was easy to write a book about being homeless when you're not happy. But when I got here, I'm like, man, this is my dream job. I've been trying to get to Dallas since Oh, seven. I'm finally here. I'm so happy. And then I got to go back and write this this chapter about when I didn't eat for two days. Damn. And so uh, I'm just thankful that I was at a place where I can go back to this place. I can write these words. I might cry a little bit while I'm typing. But once I'm done with that chapter, I'm able to close my computer, take some deep breaths, look around and say, you're not there no more. You good. Right. So I was okay. I was okay. But it definitely blood, sweat and tears went into that book. I know it did. So the 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 book Route Two, and I want to get I want to get the subtitle correct because I know you always promote it. The uh, my choice to struggle to succeed. Yes. Okay. Um, that came out about a year ago. It did. It'll be a year, October tenth. Yeah. And so okay. now. Now this year you you the the audio book's coming out. Audio book is coming out Saturday, October 10th. My words. I read it. Obviously, because I wrote it. But um yeah, I've read the whole book and I'm just excited that it's finally done. It's a lot harder to read your own book than it is to write it, let me mm, tell you. Because mm. I mean you read the book 40 times between writing it and then the editor. And so I'm like, I got to read it again. I'm tired of it. Oh my God. Like you talking about water breaks and you never realize how noisy your house is until it's dead silent and it's still noisy. And you like ceiling fan. Ah, my cat. Oh, I sneezed. Like, ugh. 
And don't have those side of the issues where you're like, <clears throat> listen, like, and then you don't want to stop in the middle of the chapter because you want to finish it before you like go leave. And I'm like, bruh, then you got to remember not to sound boring. It, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. I, I can't imagine because I I'm, I've always been envious of you because you, you're on the radio and you flow so well and then you and then you're reading stuff. And just me doing podcasts, like, you know, when I'm doing, you know, my other podcast, The Vex Intellects, for some reason, they put me in charge of reading news articles, and, and I find a way to fuck no. it up every time. So, so I'm like, can I read? And they be like, no, not really. I'm like, but y'all still making oh. me do it. And they be like, well, it takes know. practice. It does. It does. It but a lot of practice. They keep, they keep putting me there because, I guess because it's like you said that energy, putting it, you know, making it entertaining mm-hmm. when, you, when you when you say something. And like honestly, if you mess up, nobody cares. And if you're entertaining them, people yeah. don't know you mess up till you tell them. That's true. That's true. And but the only problem is they 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 call me on my shit every time I mess All up. All right. Well, <laughs> shout out to them. That's how I learned. Every time I would mess up, I get a phone call the moment I turn the mic off, and I'm like. Okay, well then, that uh, okay. I got three more hours in this show, but thanks. Bye. <laughs> well, how how long did it actually take you to to do the the audio book? Because I I I know you had you had to start on again, off again because because of your schedule and everything that you've been been mm-hmm. doing. So how long did it take total? Oh man. Well, I definitely took some breaks in between, so. Beginning to end, I would say maybe four months. Okay. That's with like a month break in between and then a week here off. So about four months. Consistent actual working and recording, about three weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I would think the four months would be like most accurate because for me, I, I yeah, I need that break. I can't be reading. My yeah, it's a and, lot. And, and that's heavy. Out. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm excited for the audio version because I like I said, I listen to you so much. So I wanna I wanna hear the book in your words. It's gonna give me like a whole different perspective on the book. So I'm excited about that. That's everybody was like, so who'd you get to read it? I'm like, bitch, I talk for a living. I read it. The fuck? <laughs> so I'm excited oh for people to like actually hear me say the words the way I intended for them to be heard. You know, like I'm I'm really excited about that. And I feel like it's gonna give the book, just like you said, I think it's gonna give the book a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about this audiobook. I worked really, really hard on it. So I hope everybody loves it. Well, I'm I'm gonna promote the hell out of it and and buy the audio version. So you, you can definitely Thank count you. on me for that. All right. Now you spoke like once once you got nine years in the game, you started figuring out that you had a, a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start kind of altering things on what you did. So, but talk to me about outside of just being on the radio, because you start doing a little bit more outside of radio instead of just being just a, another radio personality. Yeah, that's when I decided, like, realized I had a career. In 2014, yeah. I was sitting in Cleveland. I was part-time, so I was only on air, like, on the weekends. And everybody had, like, a thing, you know, like, this girl did breast cancer fashion shows. You know, this girl did something for domestic violence survivors. And I'm like, well, I want to do a thing. What's my thing? And so I'm like, what do I care about? 
all I really care about is helping kids. I don't know what I mean. And so I remember talking to a jock at the session and I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm part-time on air. I'm poor. Don't nobody know me. Like, anybody going to care if I do a thing? And he was like, why are you stopping yourself before you ever start? And I was like, yo, you smart. Okay, then. <laughs> and so I went home that day and I started writing what became You Go Girl, Grinding in Real Life. My organization, the goal is to help good girls become great women. And so we do that through a lot of different um, activities and projects that I do throughout the year. Namely, my my favorite and the biggest one I've been doing forever is called 12 Days of Christmas. And that is my whole life, my whole heart. I'm just, it's, oh. So I pick 12 girls and I let them shadow 12 women in their desired career fields. And they like actually do the job. So if you want to be a teacher, you passing out lesson plans and reading to the kids. If you want to be a nurse, you're going to do as much as you can legally. If, you know, whatever you, I had a girl who wants to be a medical examiner and we got to go to the coroner's office. Like she looked at a brain in a jar and I almost threw up, but she was happy. And it's dope because they literally see their future. It's not, you know, I have a dream of one day becoming a nurse. No, you're looking at a nurse who looks like, looks like you, mm-hmm. who talks like you, who's from the same city as you. And you're seeing her take care of patients. You're looking at your future. And so we film it. We turn it into a mini series. And at the end, the girls get a president pamper party where they get their hair and nails done. We have food, music, gifts. And it's just a really good time. Um, and the parents are just so happy. And it's like the best thing I do in my life. I, I'm sad I can't do it this year. Coronavirus. Oh, so, yeah. I was going to ask about that. What's going on coronavirus affecting it? I'm going to do a Where Are They Now? And I'm, so I'm going to take 12 of the girls. Um, <laughs> since I've been doing this since 2014, a lot of them are like adults now. 21, 22. You know, one of my babies is a teacher in her second year. Wow. First one in her family to go to college. Graduated. Got a car. Got an apartment. Got her a little man. I'm like, girl. Okay. You a whole adult. Like, <laughs> I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. But I love it. Well, so make I'm gonna do it where they now. It just like I want her to go back to being 16. Yeah. You know, like, don't don't be grown. Stop <laughs> taking pictures, like feeling herself. You can tell, like <laughs> it's I'm so torn. Like I I, know. I'm just I'm so happy, but I'm sad, but I'm happy. Well, how long does that normally take? Because because that's one of the most things that I, I'm excited about seeing during. The, I ain't really a big fan of the holidays, but oh no, me I, either. I am. I, I do get excited about the twelve the, the the twelve days of Christmas from your your vantage point because I look at that. Thank you. Because I remember like one year because you you brought up the medical examiner medical mm-hmm. examiner, but I one year was like a funeral director, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of like it. Listen. I mean, it smells really bad. Um, but it was dope because the girl, the, the lady who was our um, funeral director, she's 26, 27 with a new Benz. Like, and you 15 from the hood saying this is what you want to do. And you looking at a black lady 10 years older than you who getting it. Right. So now you're able to say, I can get it too. But she just looked you in the eye and told you I'm from the same hood as you. You yeah. can do it too. Like it's, Man, it's amazing. I be like, and I get to learn. Like, when when was I ever gonna go to the medical examiner's office other than when I die? Like, right. And now I'm just sitting in here filming. And I'm looking at where the people be at on the slab. Like, what? So it's it's real dope. It it I don't sleep at all. 
from about October 15th to December 20th. Wow. It's very stressful. Yeah, um, I cry every year because every year something happens, whether it's a kid dropping out at the last minute and it's too late for me to pick an alternative or a parent is like, well, she can't come or who's going to pick her up? Um, a professional will call me the morning of filming and be like, I'm so sorry, I came down with a cold. <coughs> it's always something. But, and then I edit the videos myself. I filmed them myself. I set up all the appointments. It's wow. it's a lot. It's worth yeah. it, but oh, it's a lot. Yeah. I don't get to that it's worth it phase until I'm done. And then I'm like, oh, it was all worth it. But during, don't call me. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. Unless you are bringing me coffee, I don't want to talk. I get it. Because that's normally how I feel during the damn awards. When I'm working on that. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of awards, too. I hate it. I want to quit every year. I want to quit every year. And they be like, no, you can't quit. And I'd be like, all right, fine. Because people don't get it. No, they don't. They don't. And I'll be like rushing to try to get it get it out by January first, and then when I do it, mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, "Oh, I love it!" Or they be like, "Oh, I didn't I didn't win that award, man." If you don't stop, <laughs> <laughs> man, listen, people do not understand. Oh, you'll do it, man. It's for the kids. I know it's for the kids, but right now, fucking kids, I'm tired. Like it's for the kids. Like y'all don't understand. I wake up at three in the morning to go film because this girl wants to be a teacher. We- gotta be there at 7 a.m. but then I have to leave there drive 45 more minutes to get back to work do a whole air shift get off work and then be somewhere at four because this little girl wants to be a I don't know a hairstylist and we gotta be here at four and then I gotta film it that's two different videos I filmed now I gotta go home and try and edit these go through all the clips put it together like what yeah I love kids I need a nap all right well next year I when, when you when you pick it up again I'm mm-hmm. just gonna go ahead and send you a a, a gift certificate to Starbucks. Just, Thank just to you. help out. That's my contribution. Listen, I, it is greatly appreciated. <laughs> All right. So now, so grinding, grinding in the real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of that's twelve days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But you, but you also do also are are advocate for women on air. Absolutely. All right. So tell um, me, tell me a little bit about that organization. So, uh, my girl Diamond in Montgomery, Alabama. She ain't in Montgomery. She's in another city in Alabama. What's that? What are, name some Alabama cities? Birmingham. She in Birmingham. All right. She might be in Birmingham. She, she over there somewhere. <laughs> Either way, she founded it. And it's really just a sisterhood of women, well, women on air. Like, whether you're on radio, TV, maybe you're just behind the boards, just making sure that every woman counts, not just if you get to talk on the mic. You might be working your way up still. That's cool too. You can join. Like, you know, it's just helping people out. A lot of times, women, you know, women are so catty and combative and competitive. And this is a space, especially in this industry, where you need other women you can go to and say, Hey, would you listen to my air chick? Can you help me word this email? What'd you think about this break? What would you do if your PD did A, B, and C? Should I negotiate my contract? And or maybe you just want to vent, like I can't believe she got this job over me. And there's someone in there who's been there, who's been doing it longer than you, who can who can talk to you and you know, bring you down, encourage you, whatever needs to be said. It's just a really dope sisterhood. It's a group of women who care 
And we want to make sure that you navigate through this industry as best as you can. Don't make the mistakes we made, you know, do better than we did. Don't get, let me show you how to avoid getting the tag of having a bad attitude. Right. Well, you probably was just standing up for yourself. Right. You know, you have a vagina, so God forbid. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's a really dope thing to be a part of. And I'm just glad that people feel they can come to me so I can help them out, give them advice. It's so weird. I, I like, I'm like a role model and it's so strange. You are a role but model. I know I'm not used to it. It's so weird. I don't take myself seriously enough for this. Like, But you've been a role model for a while now. Like, this ain't I know. New. It's still weird. <laughs> Everybody taller than me. Like, oh. Like, I'm, I'm glad that people feel they can come to me. But it's so, it's just... I don't know. I don't take myself seriously. So when people be like, listen, if I get this job, you're the first person I'm calling. I'd be like, oh, for real? And they'd be like, duh. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's so, like, I'm just so regular. But you're not. You're not. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm extraordinarily talented. I'm funny. I am better than most people at what I do, but I'm still just like me. Like, I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I don't I know. Get it. I get it. I mean, if you're gonna it. look up to a woman in radio, I'm pretty high on the list. <laughs> but still, but still, like I don't know. I just want people to treat me regular. You like, know what? You- I'm I'm going to make a mental note of that because because sometimes when I hit you up, maybe I don't treat you so regular. Maybe I do treat you. You do, and I'd be like, bro, you know me since I was like six. What's wrong with you? I mean, but yeah, but still, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, I feel like I should be like, you know, bowing. No, but I'm four, I'm five feet even. (laughs) But all right, so women on air. So, Mm -hmm. do you feel as though radio is still pretty much a boys' club where where organizations like this are, are, are very much needed? You know what? I feel like radio is going the same way music is going. Um, Hip hop, at least. You have more than one female artist out right now, right? You got a few doing their thing. The ones that are filling out stadiums, selling out shows, what they rapping about. So I feel like radio is the same way. Mm. Um, Mm. It's still a boys club when it comes to women being treated the same and and, um, looked at the same way. But, you know, if you want to suck some dick to get ahead, that's going to work as well. So I can dig you if you want to, if you want to be the dingy stupid bitch, you can probably get a job quicker. But if you want to have personality, if you want to move up to management, if you want to be paid your worth, you're gonna have to fight a little harder still. Right. If if somebody comes at you crazy at work, you might have to check them that one time and let them know, hey, listen, I'm cool, but that ain't what you want to do. And then you'll probably be a bitch for like a week and a half, and then everybody will get over it. Speaking from experience. <laughs> Not a hypothetical situation, huh? Not at all. <laughs> I feel like it's a thing where uh, men can be intimidated by someone who is talented. Like, you know, there's a difference in a jock and a personality. A jock can give you the news, tell you what's going on, and that's cool. A personality is going to tell you how they feel about it. I'm a personality. I'm a very strong personality. And so if you're a male jock and you're the program director, you might be threatened by me. You're either going to see me as a superstar or you're going to see me as somebody who might cause you a problem or, you know, they do too much and we might bump heads. If I was a male doing the same thing, you might not even notice. Some some people just like their female jocks a certain way. Right. Pretty and quiet. And I ain't quiet. But you're pretty. That's a fact. Um, thank you. So, I, I, but for me, once you get me in a room and you put me on a mic, 
there's nothing else you can say. If you're intimidated by me, then I don't need to work for you. Um, because a real one is going to recognize his talent and realize they need me on their team. And that's really how I got here. Right. So it's, it's still a boys club, but you better be ready to come with it and choose what you're going to do. You're going to fuck for this or you're going to work for it. Right. You're so, a city girl or you're Rhapsody? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad you brought those, those two comparisons up because my next question was actually going to be like since since you've talked so much about the uh, how comparable the music industry is to you know behind the scenes and radio and the radio business itself like give me give me an artist that may not be on everyone's radar that you know and it could be fe- it could be female or male um but since we talk about females I, I was gonna throw out the female one that don't necessarily rap about their vagina but mm-hmm. really don't, but don't get the recognition that they, they, they deserve. Honey, Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Um, Snow the Product. I really like Snow the Product. She can really rap. Um, those are my two favorites right now, honestly. Rhapsody is, I met her and I was starstruck. I've been doing radio 15 years. I don't get starstruck, but I met Rhapsody and I, was, I didn't even know what to say. Rhapsody is the kind of rapper who I wanted to be when I was rapping. That's what I wanted to do. And when I met her, I told her that. I'm like, you're who I wanted to be. Like, here's the thing. If you want to listen to City Girls say don't nothing but this cash, make that kitty talk, listen to it. But can we also have Rhapsody on the radio? Right. Can, can we give you a choice of what message you want to receive? Right. Obviously, you can go to YouTube and listen to whatever, but let's be real. If this is what's beating into your brain in the same eight songs we play every day, that's what you're going to remember. And, you know, I ain't finna get on my soapbox and get deep, but there's, I feel there's a whole reason that this is what they're pushing on people and the stereotype they choose to perpetuate for black women. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but I like Rhapsody. What, what was her response to, like, when you when you made that statement? Because I, she was like, for me, I feel like you were Rhapsody. Like, I, like I, I'm telling you, I listened to a lot of your shit. Like, I told you, you was on my album. So... That's crazy. I still can. <laughs> Can't mess up my whole platinum career. Um, but thank you. When I told her, she was like thrown, she was like blown away, like, what? Thank you so much. Like, I just man, I got to go to the show, I got to go backstage. Like, I was a whole fan with no shame. Like, and she came to the station with no makeup on, and I was tripping because I didn't have any makeup on, and I'm like, Rhapsody coming. Why y'all didn't say nothing? Oh my god. She walks in with a fresh face. And I'm like, I'm sitting here worried because I don't have makeup on and you came in and you don't have makeup on. Bro, I love her. Like, I could have cried. That's dope. That's dope. And that's the one person that you got starstruck on out of yeah. all, all the interviews. Because I've seen you with a lot of pictures with a lot of different celebrities. And that's her, the one person. Bun B. Her and Bun B. Oh, well, of course, Bun B. Bun B's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. He came in Toledo, too. So I'm like walking into work and he's walking out and I stopped and I'm like, I think I had been in Toledo for two, three months. Like I'm fresh. And I saw Bun B. I started stuttering. I didn't know what to say. I think I formulated some sentences. He hugged me and told me I made his day. I don't even remember what I told that man. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is Bun B. Oh my God. Like I'm from Shreveport. Like I need you to understand that. Like I'm from, not from here. I'm from down there. And I've been listening to you since I was like seven. 
and I probably wasn't supposed to yet. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Talk to me about your 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 relationship with uh, Charlemagne the God. So he wrote the foreword to your. He book. sure did. Yeah. I was so happy. So how um, did that so happen? I met Charlemagne on Twitter. Really? It was yeah. I was sitting in Toledo, unemployed, watching TV. Shout out to that bootleg cable. Um, and it was the <laughs> first day of Wendy Williams' TV show. And I remember I tweeted and I was like, I don't care what nobody say. Wendy Williams and Charlamagne are two of the best to ever do it. This is way before Breakfast Club. Charlamagne was in Philly doing uh, mornings. And uh, he, he tweeted me back and was like, thank you. And I'm like, <gasps> so um, I, I was like, you know, I do radio and I don't have a job right now. But like, would you want to listen to my air check? And he started following me and he DM he uh, emailed me back about my air check. And told me that I sounded great. I still have the email response. I screenshot it. Wow. Um, it's still in my phone right now to this day. But he was like, get your get your board game tight. You know, and, and I'm uh, looking forward to watching you grow. Like, you got the natural talent. I'm like, oh, my God. And then he sent me his air check. I'm like, nigga, you Charlemagne. <laughs> but, come on, what you think? <laughs> but anyway, his air check taught me a lot. To, man, you know what? Maybe that was his way of being nice. Say, listen to mine so you can get better. Because I do that to people. Except I say, listen to mine so you can get better. You know, he was nicer than me. But anyway, um, so I DM'd him one more time and he was like, you must not have my number. And we've been cool ever since. Like, just if I, ha- he was on my, he's a reference on my resume. And when I got to Cleveland, the program director was interviewing me. And he's like, you really know Charlamagne? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so if I call him, what are you going to say? He's going to tell you I'm dope. And he called that man in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if I was lying? <sighs> Shit. But he called him in front of me. What'd he say? He didn't answer, but he texted him. Oh. Lil D is dope. With the right guidance, she got next. I was like, oh, come through. So after I got the job, he texted me. and was like, proud of you, kid. Learn everything you can. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, but just like... I, I, any any question I have, you know, if I need advice, anything, like, and it's crazy. Like, that man's a millionaire. That man's, like, famous now. Right. And will still text me back. Talk, talk, so, all right, talk to me about that, because obviously there's an importance in networking. And, mm-hmm. and there, and there, there is a, there, I think, I think it's a subtle balance that, to be honest with you, I ain't totally mastered it, because I know people but mm-hmm. I, for, for me to actually reach out and and talk to people and be like, hey, you know, getting this advice and everything is something completely different. What made you so comfortable that that you know you you know you you decided just to hit them up and be like, well, hey, just you know, you want to listen to my air check, or was it just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it and see what happens? When he added me back and said thank you, I, I was like, all systems go. I'm not losing this while I got his attention. Period. So that's really it. Like, um, I mean, of course, I tagged him in the tweet, you know, at Wendy Williams, at, you know, sorry. but when he actually responded, I ain't need nothing else. I'm like, oh, let me go ahead and DM this man right now. Like, hey, listen, I do radio, so I just didn't want to lose his attention. Right. Um, but outside of him, when I was unemployed in Toledo, that's what really taught me, like, hey, people should probably know you. You probably have a job by now. And so I spent three days looking up every program director of every hip hop station of every city in the country. 
and I made a database for myself, name, city, radio station, um, email, and I emailed every last one that I could find my word I heard entertainment report, the video. Wow. Out of 72 people, one emailed me back. And that was the guy who hired me in Cleveland. Wow. But the thing is, once he emailed me back, I started sending him that entertainment report every Sunday. And it took about seven Sundays for him to say, hey, you want to come audition to be on air? So for me, meeting people is dope, but staying on their mind is what matters. Mm. And once I got you and that's what I need, I'm not letting you forget who I am. I'm very creative. I'll be thinking outside the box. And so that comes in handy a lot when it comes to being memorable. That's dope. That's really good advice to have. Like, um, I think I think that'll benefit benefit me. I know it benefit the listeners um to 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 know that it's more than just knowing people. It's it's making sure they know you. So was there ever any any thing in the back of your head like oh maybe I'm bothering this person maybe this you know maybe this person you know is getting annoyed by me things of that nature are you just like yo I'm, I'm out of work I don't give a shit like whatever when I was unemployed I didn't care right. um now you know I'm a little more cautious I have a job but back then I was desperate like right. please email me back somebody talk to me but I never even if I for me you gotta you have to email me and say hey stop bothering me for me to be like, okay, I guess I shouldn't see any more emails. Because I sent a guy from Cleveland an email every Sunday, and he wouldn't even reply every Sunday. I don't care. Until he says, hey, I don't want these. Or in, until it's like, you know, maybe four or five Sundays and no response, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I mean, I'm the one to email you like, hey, just want to make sure you have a good day. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm real swift with the follow-up. Um, but you have to be. For me, for me, I don't have to harbor, harbor on people, but that's because the things that I do are very creative. Um, yeah. When I want a job, I'm going to go really, really hard for it. And so I put together very creative packages and every job I've done it for, I've gotten. That's impressive. They so loud. That's all right. That's all right. Lord and my cousin, how's y'all loud? I don't pay nobody mortgage here. Like, where's y'all do? All right. Um, question. Mm-hmm. On a scale from one to ten. Mm-hmm. How much of an asshole are you on air? Twelve. <laughs> why like, do you think why do you think you're so high? So first off, I don't even realize I'll be doing it. It'll come out of my mouth, I'll be done, and then I'm like, yo, did you just say that? It's something in, I was born this way. Like, I don't know what, but I say the things that people want to say. And what really, to me, what makes me a 12 is that I always find a different angle for a story. Like when Trump came out and said he had coronavirus, I got on air and I was like, damn, that's messed up. He ain't drink enough bleach. Um, Or like even the, even the kitty talk. Who else is really thinking? Don't nothing but this cash makes kitties. We are a prostitute. Like I feel like people are like thinking that, or yeah. at least saying it. And that's me. Every time I crack the mic, even if I'm telling you to go register to vote, I'm gonna find a way to do it that's gonna make you laugh and maybe be a little offended. Yeah, like, I'm good for offending people. Like the like the hair that you had right here, and then you was like. 
But did you vote? But did you vote? <laughs> but did you vote? Or the Usher yeah, thing? No, I, I just I was I was on. Oh your yeah, us, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I was a little scared. I was gonna get rolled up. Like oh no. But that's that's what I'm like. I. But I I listened like twelve times. I was cracking up every time. The, so the obvious. So like, <laughs> I didn't plan it. I kind of did. I knew I wanted to talk about Usher having a baby because I was like, dang, when was Usher girlfriend even pregnant? I didn't know Usher had a girlfriend. Like, oh, wow, I'm super late, you know? But then I thought to myself, if you have herpes and you have a baby, do you give it to him? <laughs> so I wanted to ask. And so I asked. And then in completely unrelated news, I remembered I needed to report that Usher had a baby. It was completely unrelated. Very unrelated. No one yeah. ever put that together. Absolutely not. I don't think so. No, no. Yeah. So, you know, it was just, um, yeah, I'm a dick. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was born this way. I've been a dick my whole life. I be looking, thinking back on like childhood incidents like, yo, you're a jerk. I told a little girl in kindergarten, it wasn't no Santa Claus. Not because I wanted to hurt her feelings, but because my mama told me it wasn't no Santa Claus. So yeah. I was like, hey, there's no Santa Claus. And she cried. And the teacher was like, listen, everyone doesn't know. So let's not tell them, okay? And I was like, but it's a fib. <laughs> you know she's believing a fib. You know what? I had the same issue with Brooklyn. So so uh Erica, you know, you know, called me and was like, um, yeah, so your 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 five-year-old is, is going around telling people that there's no Santa Claus. I'm just like uh-oh. And and ever since then, she's been absolutely a matter of fact that she got to say something. Mm-hmm. Even last night, she she FaceTimed me to tell me, she, Daddy, for the record, I know you always tell me to, to pick my battles, but for the record, uh, I was laying in my bed. I wasn't doing anything. My mama yelled at me saying, why are you sitting there moving stuff around? And I wasn't doing nothing. And all I did was go in there and say, yes, ma'am, I'm going to bed. Have a good night. I said, thank you. Because when you are calm, I don't get the phone calls and I ain't got to stay inside mm-hmm. with your mama and yell at you. <laughs> yes. Come on. How old is she now? Eight? Twelve. Oh, my God. I'm behind. Twelve. And oh, okay. She's smart. She's old enough to know to pick her battles. Old enough to know to stuff yeah. actually do it. Yeah. Well, she's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's so good, I'm gonna, though. I'm going to talk to you about early on um, in your life. So, um, I... I really wanted to, I really made a note to talk about this because this effect affects me as well. Um, you had, you know, low self-esteem and, and, a, mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a poor self-image. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to kind of go into details and kind of describe what it was like growing up with that and then what you did to kind of overcome that. Um, so it was, I had a very depressing childhood. I I didn't grow up with people saying like, I love you. You're so pretty. You're so beautiful. You're so smart. You can do it. So by the time anyone told me anything about how I look, it was ugly, black. Oh, you're so dark. Oh, you're so ugly. Your hair's so nappy. Why you talk white? That and, I, I hate oh that. Oh, my. Listen. <laughs> and so... I believed it because nobody told me any different. Like, I didn't know. I literally thought that I was the darkest skinned person alive. I didn't even realize there were people who were darker than me because I was led to believe that, first off, being dark is bad. And secondly, that, like, it, I just was just so ugly. I hated my lips. I hated my cheekbones. I wanted dimples. Those are so cute. 
I'm ghetto, sorry. Um, and so, I mean, I literally remember looking in the mirror and, and like crying, like just crying. Cause I'm like, why my face gotta look like this? Why can't I be pretty? Like, why can't why I gotta go through life? Like, I'm like nine and 10 <laughs> thinking this. Like, why do I have to go through this? Like, why can't I be one of those girls everybody likes and who's pretty? And it, when you don't love yourself, it affects every decision that you make. Yes. Like, and people don't understand that self love is so important. I lost my virginity when I was 12. Wow. Imagine that. I was your daughter's age. Wow. I didn't know what sex was. I wasn't horny. Like, I was 12. All I know was this eighth grader who was cute was paying attention to me and talked to me on the phone. And, like, you know, back then, if a boy talked to you on the phone, it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was just like, oh, that's what it was. We're on the phone, right? And he's like, you know, I don't know why everybody say you ugly. You're not ugly. Nobody in my life had never told me I wasn't ugly. He didn't even call me pretty. He said, you're not ugly. And it felt so good to actually hear somebody and then an eighth grader, you know, and then he was cute to say, you're not ugly. I was like, and on the phone, I was like, I know. In my mind, I'm like, I'm not. Oh my God, I'm not ugly. And if you're the only person alive, not calling me ugly and you want to meet after school in this little room so you can have sex. Okay. You're going to like, still call me after and stuff like you go you go keep like saying i'm not ugly i can see i can keep speaking to you in the hallway and then after everyone found out he told him he had to put a paper bag over my head because i was so ugly he couldn't look at me oh. um there's a couple suicide attempts in there luckily i suck at it but after the second attempt i was like you know what if i'm gonna be stuck looking like this I need to at least try and like it. I'm sorry. I'm sick of waking up every day and just being mad that I woke up. And so I didn't know what affirmations were. This was 1998, my old ass. But I knew that I had to do something. And so I made myself get in the mirror and force a compliment out every day. And at first it was like, you did good on your math test or you helped Doug with his homework. And then it grew into you kind of cute with lipstick on or you know, and then eventually it got to where it is now, where I can wake up with crust in my eyes, like, bitch, you cute, okay, hair, and genuinely love myself. The first time I looked in the mirror with no makeup and, like, just happened to look and realize, like, yo, you're really pretty. I was 25. I'm 34, so it's only been nine years of me loving myself. Right. So for most of my life, I hated who I was. I wasn't happy. I was depressed. Um, I didn't want to live. I compared myself to other people. I was frustrated. Why can't I get ahead? They getting this and I'm not. But when you don't love yourself, you don't make the best decisions for your life. Like not just romantically, but in every aspect. Maybe you wouldn't have taken this job. Maybe you would have taken that leap of faith or whatever. So it's been a long road of really just building who I am. You know, you turn 30, you change a little bit, you mature. And so now this, this phase that I'm in now is like, um, more growth. This is growth of like um, inner workings, healing past traumas and going to therapy and living my best life. And it's amazing. It was a very long road and it's an active road. I still wake up every day. First thing I do is meditate. Last thing I do when I go to, before I go to sleep is meditate. Tell my, before I get out of bed, grab my phone. It's all right. Today going to be dope. Here's what we're going to do. Bet. Game plan. Let's get it every day. I was going to ask you about the meditation. That was on my list. Um, oh, man. It's changed my whole life. So how long have you been doing that? 
Um, I've been seriously doing it since January, but I first started meditating in Cleveland, maybe 2013. But like not routinely every day since about January. I'm to the point now where I go meditate in the woods and just sit for hours. Yeah, I saw the I saw a, the oh, Instagram post about you like in the woods doing it. Yeah. So it's a park. It's, it's hella parks out here. And I like to sit on a rock right by the stream and like I don't even be realizing it. obviously this is on my off day. <laughs> but um I started going right after surgery. well not right after, but you know, after surgery when I was healed enough. Yeah. And I do not just remember sitting down and next thing I know, two hours have passed. You just sit and just listen. You hear so much when you're quiet. You know, and I'm in the woods. So I'm hearing every animal. I'm hearing the, the actual stream. You're noticing things you don't notice before, like this little bitty caterpillar or the little bitty fish in the stream of water, the butterfly going by. Like, it's just so beautiful and peaceful. And meditation has changed my whole life. Like, I'm to the point now where I understand when people say, love is my religion. That's how deep I am in this meditation shit. Like, because it's true. The more you love yourself, the better everything about your life is. That's amazing. Um, because for me, I and even when I tell people, I talk to people, I'm like, you know what? You know, I was cute as a kid, and then I hit eight, and I had like a little awkward phase. So from like eight to 38, you know, I was I was pretty awkward. Yeah. And I just started kind of getting out of the awkward phase, you know, around 38 and a half. All right. Well, they say 40 is the best. So you right there on it. You well, I'm, well, I'm here. No, I'm, I'm I'm 40 now. So I'm 40 oh, now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. hey, listen, you about yeah, to see you your know, best life, okay? You know, grazing the beard and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, okay, okay. But it, it, it has been a struggle. And, and when I hear you say that love love is my religion and you know when you don't love yourself it affects every decision i i hear that and i and i feel that so much there's been so many different things i've done in my life that when i, I look back at it if i love myself that shit wouldn't happen at all mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so to for you to sit there and and do what you did to kind of overcome all those obstacles and then go and then go from you meditating like you've meditated for like hours. I be, I'm trying to get into the, consistently meditating, um. But I can I can do a hot ten minutes. I set my ten time. Ten minutes before. is a long time. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It took a long time to get to the ten minutes. So that's good. Though. I I guess I guess just the, the consistency of doing it because you're doing it like twice a day. I'm at yeah. Wow. And um, I wake up early and go to the woods before work. But I mean, like this took this took hella time. Like every night on my balcony, like I the my only requirement for this apartment was that I had needed a balcony. I have cats, you know, but um, also because I like to sit outside and just look and and just be outside and meditate at night. Um, if you if you need help, go to YouTube. There are guided meditations. Russell Simmons has a meditation app that I used to use a few years ago. So like if you if you need a person who's literally going inhale, exhale, go to YouTube. That's really how I started and how I learned. Um, but then you get to a point where you don't need it. Like I don't keep track of the time. I just sit and then I meditate until I'm done. And you know when you're done. Oh, it's it's like it's like cooking cooking something like when the, the bell ding. Kind of yeah, like you just because while I meditate. 
I'm quiet, I'm listening, I'm still, but you know, thoughts come and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I always have my revelations while I meditate. So many things that I've realized about my life that I need to do so I can continue to grow. Like sometimes I stretch myself too thin because I want to help everybody and I want to put myself in a bad position. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have a dream or I might be meditating and it comes to me like, hey, bro, um, you need to chill because you're going to mess around and hurt yourself. If ever I have a something I can't figure out and it's bothering me, I'll smoke and then go meditate. And by the time I'm done, I got the answer. And everything always goes back to loving yourself enough to make the right decisions. Yo, I like that. I like that. All right. So, so what's next for you? You, you're author, you got the radio, you know, radio personality, you you're mm-hmm. giving back to the community, mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneur. What's, mm. what's next? What are you doing now? A syndicated morning show uh, to be announced whenever I get hired at whatever station, but it's coming. Um, the second book will be out October 10th, 2022. Okay. If it don't come out on that day, charge it to my head, not my heart. I'm trying to write that whole now. Let me tell you, but it's about the three years I spent in Cleveland. It's called route to my print, my plan to prostitute. Oh, that was the thing. I had a whole plan when I was 14. Um, yeah. So that'll be in there. While I'm explaining the story of me becoming a prostitute, it's paralleling with different events that happen in Cleveland. Every chapter is going to show you something I did in Cleveland and how it's the exact same thing as something I did when I was younger and how until you recognize and break the cycle, you can't move forward. Wow. I can't wait for that. They're alone, right? But um, (laughs) it's going to be lit. It's just about the three three years in Cleveland. It ends with me starting the organization and getting a job in Columbus. The third book will be about Columbus route to my time in a mental facility. Cause that happened too. Yeah, um, yeah me too. Yeah. I got, I got swindled, but either way, uh, <laughs> yeah, to my, well, you're volunteer, so you can leave whenever you want, but if you feel like you need to talk to someone and I get there, they was like, didn't you told you that? But anyway, give me so your bill. Be- give me a few laces. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. what? But, um, so th- those two books are coming. Syndicated Morning Show, a building for my organization, TV and movie roles, um, a pink wedding dress on the beach, and adopting my son and a six-figure salary. That's it. Not too much. Not too much. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I think that's I think that's achievable in the next three to five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I am looking forward to that to that book. Like, how how difficult is it to write a second book? I know it's it's already hard enough writing a, a, one mm-hmm. book, but following up and then, and then and then you got this, you know, you know, three book series in your head, probably more when you when you come out with because you don't have to write one when you about Dallas. So right, yeah. I just had I don't have a concept for Dallas yet, but it's coming to it's you get lazy because you know you write that first one and you like, man, I did it finally. Yes, I can breathe. And then you get so you get so used to breathing. Breathing is so great. <laughs> <laughs> but my holdup is since I'm paralleling everything in Cleveland with something that happened when I was younger. Um, I need um, I need three more chapters of things to think of something that happened when I was younger, so that I can make the book make sense. After we're done with that, I can sit down and say, okay, we writing chapter one today. Let's go. Okay. So it's it's way more difficult because you get comfortable. 
but this book is going to be so much better. Like, it's going to be longer. It's going to be more detailed. It'll have more personality. Now I've written a book, so I know what I like, you know? So it's, I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully, 10-10-2022. Cross your fingers. Yeah, I got my fingers <laughs> and my toes crossed. And I yeah. Cross, I cross my eyes, but they might stay like that. So I'm Oh, gonna... bless your heart. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, but... Uh, I guess finally, I just want—I just kind of want to ask you, um, you know, for for anybody um, that's that's kind of been going, you know, through a struggle, like you know, I know I know we talked a lot about you know, um, you know, loving yourself, but what advice mm-hmm. would you would you give to someone going through a struggle? Yeah, going through a struggle and trying um, trying to make it to the other side, trying trying to live out their dreams. What advice would you would you would you give? when you wake up you need to look forward to you need to be grateful for what you have and not look forward to what you don't or what you want the looking forward to what you want the thinking about what you're lacking causes you to stay exactly where you are Mm. you thoughts become things and so if you wake up thinking man i'm never gonna get through this i'm so this all i wanted was that job and this never happens for me it's never going to the fuck you just told yourself it's not going to you it's a thing where you have to continue to empower yourself because if you're in a situation where um maybe something's out of your control you can't control it all you can control is yourself and your thoughts life is 90 percent of i mean 10 percent what happens to you and 90 percent how you react to it and those reactions is what causes the shapes the course of your life like, I remember sitting in a motel with no food on a Wednesday, knowing I'm not going to eat till Friday. And it was the happiest day of my life because I launched my website. And I realized, yo, you can really be happy anywhere. That's crazy. Like, I'm happy. You're, I'm homeless. What the fuck is going on? Like, happy? Um, everything you need is inside of you. And that's, that, that's just hard to say and believe if you're not there yet. Right. So what I will say is if you're going through a struggle and everything you tried ain't working, try it my way. Wake up and right. feed yourself with love. Even if it's, listen, we're going to make it through today. We're going to make it through this next hour. I got you. I'm not leaving your side. We can do this. Okay. It's going to be fine. You're going to get through it. 60 minutes later, you're going to be like, look at me still being alive and making it. That shit crazy. Let's do it again. Whatever you need to do to encourage yourself, no one else is in your head more than you are. So whatever you're putting in your head is what's going to stick there. That's your job. This is your life. You got this body. So do something with it. You can feed it whatever you choose to. Choose to love it. That's real. That's crazy. The whole, I'm in, I'm in a motel. I'm not eating till Friday, but I'm so hyped about launching this, this website. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. just sat on the computer for hours, hungry as fuck, didn't care. It, you know what? Even now, when I still, you know, talking about you and I hear hear the stories, because like you said, we've had we have known each other for for a long time, and and I and I I am a shirt off my back giver. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like 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 I mean, you didn't. It's not like you told me. And I just ignored you. Like oh okay, well yeah, good luck with that and. But I get it because I've told people when I first moved out here, if if hell if I don't make it and I'm homeless, I ain't coming home. I'm just gonna live out here and be homeless. Like that's just what it is. Um, and so I know I said that was the last question, but that made me pop up with this question. Um, 
how important was it for you to make it to 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 struggle to succeed without without reaching out without asking people for help without how important was that for you um so to be clear my friends helped a lot um obviously i had nowhere to stay but you know if they didn't order those pizzas or cash app no i only think it was cash app back then it was like wiring money this was so long ago yeah come on walmart walmart if it wasn't wasn't for that i would have ate even less but for me I had to make it. I had to succeed. I had to get the fuck out of this motel. You're not telling me I left home at 22, told everybody, okay, bye. I'm going to get my first, like, you know, salary. I can do it just to get fired, just to be homeless and go back to Shreveport to work at a call center. Fuck no. I don't have a plan B. Like, my daddy was like, you know, you can just come home. And I'm like, daddy, if I come home, I'll be at a radio game. It wasn't no hesitation. It wasn't no let me think about it. You're not telling me that I came this far in my life just for this. So for me, it had to be more. And I'm going to stay here and bust my ass and make sure it's more. I'm not going to wait to see if it's going to be more. I'm going to make it more. Like, I know what it's like to not eat. Are you telling me that I did that just to go back to my mama's house? Hell no. To lose this radio job? That's the only reason I'm here? I chose to be homeless so I wouldn't lose my radio job and I would just quit and go home? Fuck no. So me succeeding, it wasn't no other option. I'm going to. Uh-huh. And that's just that. And, and that's the word I heard. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lil D, thank you for thank you for taking some time out with me. I really appreciate it. You you know, I was like, I was like super nervous like the last couple of days. Yeah. Like, let me I hope she, she answered. I hope I got the right questions. I hope I do well. But you you, you killed it. I, I really appreciate you for, for taking some time for me. You're very welcome. Anytime. Anytime yeah, you, you need. You want to you want to promote promote anything else before we go? Promote the book? Promote Round else? two, my choice is struggle to succeed. Far four by Charlemagne Guy. Get that paper book, get that Kindle, get that audio book. Everything's on grindinginreallife.com. Also, there you'll see all the past 12 days of Christmases. Uh, starting December 12th, we're gonna do the 12 days of Christmas. Where are they now? So you can see what all my little babies have been up to and pursuing their dreams and stuff. Um, other than that, you know, 979 beat in Dallas weekdays from noon to three. Make sure you check me out. All the social media is at Lil D on air, L I L D on air. You style like a professional, girl. Sometimes in 15 <laughs> years, not a big deal. All right, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too. All right, bye. Bye. Once again, thank you, little D, for the conversation. Uh, haven't spoken to you in a while, so it was good to catch up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, her audiobook, Route 2, um, is out now um, on anywhere that you get audiobooks. So feel free to, to peruse that. It is a great read. And before I wrap, wrap up the show, it just occurred to me, damn. You know, I'm sure she gets a lot of people trying to, you know, rap to her so they can get signed or, you know, you know, get on the radio. I forgot to give him my bars. I got bars from back in the day when I used to want to be, you know, Diddy. So I wanted to hit her with some to see what she thought about it. You know what? All right. Next time. Next time, Lil D, we'll make that happen. So thank you for joining me. Um, it's about damn time. And we'll see you next week.